0: Welcome in to the Roarcast, Season Two, Episode Ten, a special episode this week. It is our Giving Day episode. We will be talking to members of the Columbia Alumni Development Team. I'm one of your co hosts, Kyle Matrician, joined every week. Yeah, every week. Most weeks. By Mike. I think you've been. Have Majority. you been? Majority. All right. By Mike Kowalski. Uh, I get here when I can. He gets he, you know, time time to time. Uh, Megan Rojas will not be joining us this week, so we've just lost about half of our listeners right there by informing them of that. But as I said, this is a special episode uh, this week. We will have Eric Ely and Maggie Johnson. Eric Ely is the head of our development team here at Columbia, and Maggie Johnson is a 2011 grad. She played on the softball team, who has been part of the alumni development office for, uh, how long, Mike? Do Four you know? or five years. Okay.
1: Yeah, just about okay. as long as you've been here. Do you remember Maggie as, uh, in the facilities office?
0: I don't think so. No. Yeah,
1: so probably about the same time as when you Be got about here. About the same, she yeah. I think, she was in,
0: I think she was in uh, development when yeah. I got here.
1: You'll, you'll no. hear both of their stories. Uh, they've been at Columbia for a long time, you know, just kind of wound up here. You know, Maggie's a student. Eric as an employee and just haven't left. And that tends to happen from time to time around here. You either in and out quickly as you're, you're gonna navigate your way through the sports business world. I guess you could call it the sports business world. Yeah, kind the of. sports world. The sports world in this industry, for lack of a better term, or mm-hmm. you kind of latch onto one place because you know, you don't wanna move and you get attached to people and things like that. So, But a good conversation with them. Uh, Columbia Giving Day is this Wednesday, uh, October 28th. You're gonna hear that multiple times throughout the episode. So it's really important. Um, that we get support from our alumni, supporters, friends of our programs, uh, especially in these times, we talk about the One Roar Fund. Um, it's a centralized campaign for giving for the entire athletics department. So um, Eric and Maggie will walk us through all the details of that. I don't want to screw anything up you know, for no, a I'm lot of No, I'm not going to try reasons. and get into the specifics of that. <laughs> and we go in well into on it.
0: Exactly. But uh as you said, the, the one war fund, it's you know centralized this year. Giving day's a little bit different, but as we talked about on the podcast, a lot of things about Giving Day are the same. And one of my favorite things, which again we will talk about is all of the challenges, the challenge hours. Uh Maggie, I know is gonna be hosting our first challenge out hour right at midnight on October twenty-eighth, right as soon as the minute it goes live on the uh Columbia Lions alumni Instagram handle. Uh so A lot to look forward to for giving day uh, this year.
1: It's year nine. It's year nine. Most of you that listen to us know what the drill is on giving day. Um, You know what, how successful it's been. So uh, let's, you know, keep that trend going and have a great giving day on Wednesday. So that's right.
0: Mike, before we head to break. Yeah. What you been up to the last week? I'd like to have a little convo with you here before we. Yeah, uh, that's fine.
1: Um, I did vote. Within the last week, I got my nice, mail in ballot. Nice. Found a Dropbox, put it in, checked, went online, it's been received, so we're good to go there. Um, we sent my to- wife's
0: ballot in through the uh, mail in box. I, so, quick little story. We got two, obviously, delivered to our household one for me, one for her, the mail in ballots. One of our mail in ballots did not come with the certificate of mail in receipt. The seal that's supposed to be on it. And then I Googled that if it's not sealed, if you put your ballot in the certificate of not going to count, it's not going to count. So I think I'm either going to have to go in person or I'm going to have to try and find a way. But a good reminder for anybody listening to this podcast make sure that follow the instructions, follow the instructions, and make sure that take your time and make sure that all of the documents that you have are together as they should be. So, like, make sure that your certificate of mail-in ballot is has the seal on it. Because if it
1: doesn't, it won't be counted. So, and not to get too political, if you if you did get something and it's a little bit messed up, don't freak out about it. Just go to you know your board of elections. There's go to vote.org. There's so, tons of resources where you can find how to remedy the situation. We're in a unique time, so just take a deep breath. You still got a few weeks to go. Don't care who you're voting for. Just Make make your voice
0: heard. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. And this past Saturday was uh, National Vote Early Day, so it kind of ties into everything that we're talking about here. We do hope as many people as possible can vote early because that prevents you from having to go to the polls. And I know a lot of people are uh, fearful of going to the polls for potential COVID risk, uh, especially with some of the numbers recently in New York and New Jersey climbing a little. But do what you got to do. Make your voice heard. And uh,
1: us. we're just being activists. We're, you know, being advocates for giving day and voting and just taking things Mike. to another level this week, Kyle. Look how
0: far we've come. Look, if Ro would be proud. Ro's going to listen to this episode. <laughs> so proud of us. She's Ro's going to
1: have be- it on the background and have no idea what we talked about. No, she's she not. We're going to
0: ask her. Well, why don't yes. we just quiz her next, yeah. next week when we record, we'll quiz her.
1: That being said, we're going to throw it to break and we'll be back with Maggie Johnson and Eric Ely. So stick around.
2: During my time at Columbia, the incredible support from the university alumni and parents has helped us make great strides in the resources we've been able to provide our student-athletes in and out of competition. We do not want to lose that momentum during this unprecedented year. With that in mind, I'm excited to announce the launch of the One Roar Campaign for Athletics. For this year only, the One Roar Fund will replace all sports-specific fundraising. By bringing our alumni and parent communities together, we can truly do something exceptional for past, present, and future Columbia Lions. In these times where reduced revenues and increased fiscal pressure are the new normal, the money raised during this campaign will support each of our 700 plus student athletes from all 31 sport programs, as well as the administrative units that support our teams. Your past investments in our athletic programs have been critical to our success, and I hope we can rely upon you to help our entire department through these challenging times. Be safe and go Lions. For more information and to make a gift, please visit gocolumbialions.com backslash one roar.
1: We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia
2: Lions. At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order.
1: We are back with two members of our athletics development team as we get set for giving day 2020. It is this Wednesday, October 28th. Hopefully you're listening to this before giving day. So we don't throw the weight. We're not just wasting a bunch of your time, but we are with Eric Ely and Maggie Johnson. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, taking some time and uh, telling us a little bit about the one roar fund and giving day.
3: Thanks for having us, guys. Uh, we're really excited about the One Roar Fund. This is a, a new endeavor for Columbia Athletics fundraising. Um, and if I'm very honest, uh, a, a, a bold move. We we do fundraising for sport programs really well. We have been successful. Our alums and our parents love our sport programs. They have an incredible bond with our student athletes and our coaches. Um, and we've been successful doing that. But the reality is, is the economic uh, uncertainties of the time, the, uh, the impact COVID has had on our department calls for us to come together uh, in this moment uh, and raise money to one central fund for the athletic department. This is uh, a moment of unity for our department in all things, but um, in, for our specific cause, fundraising becomes really important, uh, an important moment for us to all bond together Raise money together, care about each other, care about each other's programs, um, and frankly, we've gotten great feedback thus far.
4: First of all, thanks for having me, guys. This is my first podcast, really excited to be here. First time, a long I've time. I've been an avid listener over the broadcast for a while now, so finally getting Ooh, the call up. Really, me. <laughs> um, so, like Eric mentioned, uh, typically a fundraising is is for all twenty three of our sport annual funds uh, separately. Um, Their goals are set based on on their programmatic needs um, to operate their their program for the year. When when Ivy League sports got canceled, um, we took a long, hard look with our finance office um, and with Peter, the athletics director, and sat down and forecasted the budget. And it just seemed more feasible for us to fundraise as as one fund this year. Um, It helps alleviate the pressure of setting goals and not knowing what expenses are going to be like for our teams if, and when we get back into competition this year. So uh, having one central fund really helps us uh, drive home one message for the whole year for all of our alums. Um, And I think really, like Eric said, brings everyone together in this moment of unity for uh, all of our alums, coaches, fans, parents, et cetera.
3: I think the key there is that there are lots of things that the department pays for every year. That don't reside within the scope of what coaches raise money for and I think that's a it's an important distinction that is admittedly nuanced but um, support services um, like Sports information, media relations. Um, hey, nice plug. Nice trainers.
4: Plug. <laughs> 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 you guys do a great job. Nice, job. The nice plug. We like our jobs. <laughs> he, knows, he knows
0: who's hosting this podcast right now.
4: That's
3: right. It's not my first rodeo. Um, <laughs>
4: no, number one priority for that headset you got on the there, Mike. <laughs> yes. Uh,
3: that's all stuff that falls outside the purview of the sport programs. But all we do is help sport programs. And so... Um, you know when there's a, a big revenue loss for the department because of COVID uh, and there's a big chunk of our budget that's not there, we need to find ways to make sure that those support systems stay in place. The, the important part is that we're viewing this as a one-year blip in what we do. We are, everybody is, right? We're all trying to hope that this is a horrible year that we will all get through and next year we'll be back on the field, court, pool, track, whatever, all the things. Um, And we're trying to approach fundraising that same way, give ourselves flexibility, give ourselves the opportunity to keep um, the support systems in place, support our student athletes and support our coaches during this time, and then not spend out of our gift accounts and out of our savings accounts in such a way that next year we're able to just continue the momentum we had before this year.
1: I wanted to just give us an overview of what the development office does I know most people have an idea, but. It's <laughs> unclear. <laughs> um, you know, just give an idea, give us an idea of your background and, and, you know, the purpose of the development office and cultivating relationships. I know it's a little bit of cultivating relationships with alumni and fundraising, but tell us what, what goes into it.
3: So, we, uh, we are a team of five people um, two Columbia alums and three non Columbia alums. Uh, we reside in the university alumni. Uh, building. That's where our offices are. That's where we work out of. Um, They're our biggest partners. Um, Athletics fundraising holds a special little place at the university because uh, you just look anywhere across the university, the the percentage of trustees that are former um, athletics alums, the number of key donors and alums in leadership positions at the university are former athletes. And so um, we work really closely with our partners at the Columbia College fundraising teams and the engineering school and things like that. So day to day, what we're doing is, is working with donors, building a new uh, sort of uh, engagement tools, as many as we can find, getting people to sort of connect with not only their coach, um, but the whole department and the university. Um, people who give back to athletics give back to the entire university. That is just a, a bonafide fact that we know this to be true. So we spend so much of our time just trying to connect with people. Hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? Highlighting alums who've had amazing careers or are starting amazing careers um, who are doing really cool things. Um, connecting old alums with graduating or current student athletes for jobs, internships, um, career guidance and mentorship across all kinds of platforms and sometimes we just throw parties so people can uh, get drunk and hang out together and <laughs> lie about how good athletes they were when uh, in 1983. so it,
0: it's None a i are listening to this right now
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the athletes of 1983 were very good
3: <laughs> so listen there's a wide breadth of things that we do uh, all of it in the name of keeping our alums engaged with our sport programs, our university, and our department.
4: The idea of being a fundraiser to me seemed really scary. I didn't. I didn't like the idea of going out asking for money and and trying not to be a salesman about these sort of things. And what it, what I realized pretty quickly was that what I was being tasked to do, yes, was to raise money, but it was just to go out and build relationships with our alums and our donors, and to talk to them and share in the successes of our student athletes with them. And I think that's been the most rewarding thing. It's just the number of relationships I've, I've been able to start and grow because of this role. And they're going to be philanthropic because they care, not because I asked them for money. And that's the beautiful thing about it is when they come to me and they say, how can I help? Um, and it has nothing to do with with what I might've had marked down or earmarked from, from what my ask was going to be. When they say, how can I help? That's the best part about my job because I know that they, that they're here, they're in it and they're, they're, they're doing it for the right reasons. And that's, that's most of them. And it's beautiful. And I love it so much and it's a wonderful job. And it, it, I stumbled into it and I could not be happier about it.
1: So you guys both have strong Columbia ties. Maggie, you, you are. All star so- softball player here. Um, true story, don't shake your head. She shakes her head now. <laughs> Future Hall of Famer yeah. when I get done with it. Yikes. Um, so we wanted, and Eric, you've been here in multiple different roles. Um, talk about your experience, both of your experiences coming here as a student athlete and then just working here for so long and switching from the facility side into the development role you're in now.
4: Sure, sure. Uh, I chose Columbia, uh, ultimately, because I had a phenomenal recruiting visit that I won't get into. Um, but I, uh, I really enjoyed- I could go City. so
1: many ways.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the recruiting really? visit went all of those ways.
4: <laughs> I just like the idea of, I grew up in California, um, and Ivy League school seemed very appealing for academics. Uh, I was going to be an impact player, in coaches' words. Um, the second I got onto campus and, and I had seen a, f- a few older teammates from growing up go to these big programs and, and not ever play and that was not appealing to me. So I like the idea of getting, getting a lot of um, innings in. Um, so I got to campus August of 2007. Um, I was an econ math stats major. I opted not to go to Wall Street. I, my, I did my work study job in the facilities and operations office holding t- towels and uh, swiping people into dodge. Uh, Eric was my boss's boss um, for my work study job, and I just liked working in an athletics department. It was a lot of fun. I got I worked on the event staff also, so I got paid to watch sports, which seemed aggressively appealing. Like, why would someone not opt to collect money to watch sports? Um, and then when I graduated, there happened to be two empty positions on Eric's team. I'm um, in, in a full time role, and after weeks of trying to convince him. I finally broke through and um, I started working probably two or three months after, after graduation. Um, I was on Eric's team for four or five years in facility operations, a lot of late nights, weekends, working at Dodge, working at Baker. Um, when uh, Katie Day Benvenuto, class of 03 women's basketball, uh, she was heading up development team at the time, asked me to move over and slide into an alumni relations events role um, since I had a lot of background in event planning and just being around our alums and events um, and being an alum myself, that was very appealing. Um, And then Katie Katie got promoted because she's a rock star and um, the guy who came in behind her um, saw a spark in me and wanted to give me a chance at frontline fundraising and getting in front of alums and asking for money. And um, I figured I'd Test my hand at that, and then uh, Eric joined the team, and it's like nothing ever changed. I got I got my boss back, so uh, it's been, it's been good ever since Eric joined the team. It's been great, um, and we're just he and I are just building a team that you know wants to work hard and wants to have fun, and you know ultimately, ultimately wants to raise a lot of money, engage a lot of people.
3: You guys all heard that humble brag at the beginning. The coach said I was going to be an impact player. I'm not <laughs> I hope you... People are saying Eric's hat is the greatest hat. That so, worn by a so, I've, so
4: I've heard <laughs> from what I've been told.
3: Amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I started my... I will do the short version of a long story. I've been at Columbia for 18 years, my 18th year. I started Columbia as a lifeguard. Uh, my first job, I walked in Dodge Fitness Center. Um, it was actually right after... Um, there was a blackout in the East Coast and uh, it started up in Canada and it came down through New York and there was a blackout. And um, so, if somebody's gonna fact check that date and it's not gonna be 18 years, but you know, whatever. Um, I walked into the pool to go get a lifeguarding job and the pool was completely empty and there was a giant <laughs> crack at the bottom of it. And I thought, well, all right, well, maybe I'm not gonna be working here as a lifeguard anytime soon. Um, I got some other part-time work and came back. And Gordon Spencer, the longtime diving coach, and at that time, aquatics director, uh, hired me as a lifeguard and assigned me every crappy late-night weekend shift that he couldn't fill uh, with undergrads. And I was happy to do it. Um, I honestly did not know until a year later that it was a thing that you could do to work in college sports. I am a uh, sports nut of all kinds. And I somehow never connected the dots that you could actually just make a living working in sports. Uh, So by some combination of sheer luck and stupidity and hard work, um, I have built a career at Columbia, first in the facilities office. After lifeguard, I moved up to the facilities office. Um, I did however many years there. Um, Katie gave me a chance, Uh, Katie Benvenuto previously mentioned, gave me a chance to move over to the development office. Uh, And I did that two years ago. Uh, And I love to tell alums that I have now been here four times as long as they were here.
2: Um,
3: And uh, you know, the realities of it are that this is an incredible place to work. Uh, We have hard days, obviously. Uh, everybody has hard days, but at the end of the day, if you like sports and you like New York city, um, and you are allow yourself to be amazed by our student athletes and our kids, they're, they're incredible kids. They're so smart and they work so hard and they're incredible athletes. And to be in that environment every day, to be around them, to be around them when they become young alums and older alums, uh, and at the end of the day to get paid to watch sports, like Maggie said, it's uh it it's it's been a very unexpected and interesting uh, sort of trip through through a career for me. But still here. They can't get rid of me yet. We'll see what, we'll see what happens Can't,
0: can't get, get rid, rid of me. Try. They've been
3: trying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that is I I will uh kind of echo what you said, and that is one of the things, you know, it's obviously at times challenging working in sports, you know, there's definitely pros and cons to everything that we do. But at the end of the day, you know, in normal circumstances, you're finding yourself at work on a weekend on a Saturday or a Sunday. And you're like telling your friends like, well, I have to go to work. I got this. And at the end of the day, you're like, well, I'm at work and it's stressful and it's, you know, it causes just as much stress as like any other job, but I am watching a soccer game or a basketball game or a football game and like helping these athletes like promote them from our from our standpoint it would be like you know promoting them and getting the word out and trying you know with working with marketing to get people in the stands and celebrate their successes and things like that so it's it really is it's it's like its own reward in a way so
3: yeah the game's the reward right like the yeah. the saturday at the football stadium or the sunday at the field hockey field like those are the rewards that's the you know we work you know 50 60 hours a week in the office and the reward is that you get to go watch these kids compete and try to win and um, it's a special job that I know people know that from the outside but when you get to be here long enough and see enough kids come through and you guys are have been here long enough too to see a couple different generations of kids come through um, it's really fun it's it it is really fun it's a ton of work and you're right Kyle uh, you know uh, families and friends don't get it. They don't understand. Like, yeah. Why? Why? What exactly are you doing all there yeah. all day? I, uh, Did,
0: I have a. F- Can somebody else do that? No. I, I have a funny story. When I real quick, when I was um, first starting out, my first full-time job was down at Wofford College in South Carolina, and uh, one of my buddies was getting married, and he was having his bachelor party, and I he had not told us very far in advance, and I had to tell the group like, "I'm sorry, I have a football game, I can't make it," and somebody in the group was like, you're not going to cancel your intramural football game to come. <laughs> <laughs> to- no, no, no. <laughs> and I was like, no. Uh, I'm the
4: starting quarterback. No,
0: I, can't it. <laughs> I can't. I, the yeah. team needs I was like, be. I was like, no. Um, uh, Wofford's playing at number five Clemson on Saturday. So I can't <laughs> yeah. really skip that yeah. and not work the game. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. but Yeah. Yeah. It's touching on it's, it's, it is long hours, but it's, it's worth it. in you know, being here for almost 10 years now, not as quite as long as both of you, you know, I tell this in basically every job interview, Kyle's probably tired of hearing it, but this is a special place because people don't rally around, you know, the successes of our student athletes and programs like they they do here. Like, it's just a fact. I've been, I've only been a few places um, before this, but, you know, people really rally behind winning and successes, and it's really special. And when you get over that hump and you win an Ivy league championship or win a CIT or something, seeing the reaction and seeing all that hard work pay off and seeing how appreciative this, this group of alumni are. It's, it's really special. That's how I feel
4: the day after giving day, like giving Day is such a big success. And the next day I'm just like, it feels like we won a championship and all I want to do is cry, but I'm also (laughs) happy, but all I want to do is cry.
0: (laughs) How far after giving day (laughs) <laughs> you know it's, it's like it's like when Nick Saban went to national championship in uh football right or it's like how how long do you celebrate before you start thinking about next season so how long after giving day do you celebrate before you're like all right giving day 2021 is in 363
3: days <laughs> me the next morning everybody in my staff <laughs> a couple <of> weeks
4: <laughs> Eric's like you can come in at like 10 o'clock on the next day But it's our
0: business. Okay, thanks. Thanks, boss. JAG-1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you get back the life you love. Visit www.jagonept.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information.
1: New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today.
0: What's been a little bit of the feedback that you've gotten so far on the change to Giving Day this year, maybe from some of your alums and donors?
4: I would say I haven't received any negative feedback. It's been very encouraging. Um, we had a we had a meeting earlier today where our one of our university trustees and most loyal athletic alums, uh, Lisa Carnoy, got up in front of the entire athletic staff and. Said how brilliant Eric and the rest of the development staff was for coming. Oh, go on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mike and I were there for that. We heard
4: yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> we can vouch. Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so you know, besides Lisa's positive feedback, everyone else is—they understand that this is this there's this need to come together as a group of people and this is affecting everybody and and nobody can escape covid Um, and the repercussions from this global pandemic are felt from every team and every unit within the athletics department um and like eric said like when we're when we're able to get in front of alums and explain that and have a conversation with them they understand that and at the end of the day like we were, all, we were all athletes. Most of the people we talk to on a daily basis were all athletes and they understand the importance of teamwork. And when one team member suffers, the whole team suffers. So, and so our, our hope here is that the entire team can be successful if all of our team members embrace this change.
0: So I think one of the things every year that makes Giving Day so great is all of the various challenges that happen throughout the day. It's um, the closest it's, thing
1: we have to a game day that we're going to get for a while. I think that's the one thing that sticks out to me. Sorry to interrupt you there, Kyle. No, no, no. It's fine. It's Another fine. Another gem. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's going to use all this in his pitches. You no, know, on. I pretty soon, Mike, you might get stolen from media relations. And he's going to be on the. He's going to be on the development team. But uh, I think one of the things, like I said, every year that makes giving day really special at Columbia is all the challenges that are incorporated and how into it, like the athletics department gets with all these challenges, uh, whether they're university challenges or their athletic department challenges or things of that nature. And while some things, like we mentioned with giving day this year, are changing, some things are remaining the same in terms of you know coming together to try and win those challenges. So if you guys, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but I'm gonna a little bit. Can you? Uh, hopefully, pull up a list real quick if you don't have it memorized. Run, oh, run through some of uh, these challenge hours this year, and maybe some ones that the that the athletics department is really focusing on.
3: Listen, Kyle, don't <laughs> let anybody ever tell you you're not a professional question asker. That was a <laughs> hell of a question. Uh, I Appreciate will let Maggie talk at the end, but <laughs> I, I think the important part here, and Maggie will fill in the details, but the important part here uh, for anybody listening is that sport affinity is still a thing yeah giving to the one war fund does not mean that you are not showing your affinity and appreciation and loyalty to a program your program your sport program will still get credit for the dollars and gifts raised uh throughout the day and frankly throughout the entire campaign um uh, giving day is obviously the biggest day of the year for us it is our it is our homecoming um but um, the important part here is that everything that we're doing, and Maggie will explain all the challenges, is that we don't want to we I said at the beginning, we don't want to walk away from this idea of connecting and supporting your sport program. That is the lifeblood of what we do, and we would never pivot away from it if it weren't important in this moment. But we want to provide that connection. We so when you go on the Giving Day page, when you make your gift and you put in your credit card information, there's going to be a way for you to have a drop-down menu and select a sport that you want to have your sort of your money connected to. Um, and there will be leaderboards for gifts and dollars raised, uh, just like there always have been. The money may be going to a central fund, but tracking by sport is still a thing that we're going to be doing. Bonuses and competition by sport is still a thing that is core to what happens on giving day.
0: Is there a section for giving day that goes straight to the broadcast?
3: Yeah. In <laughs> fact, we're hoping it's our biggest section. <laughs> Uh, if that's your biggest section, I think you've got
0: a problem on giving.
4: <laughs> that's a separate fundraising campaign. That's <laughs> the year once we've established priorities within the athletics. that's program.
3: one cast. It's coming later this the year. One cast. <laughs> oh, one we cast. use the
4: same logo. The cast is the same
1: amount of letters as Roar. It's just perfect. even work all the way around.
0: Oh, all about efficiency. We told you we just have a good time on this podcast. That's really what this is about.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's why we were so excited to get invited. You know, we we missed out on the fun. Now we're here. Uh, So going into the challenges, um, the beautiful part about Giving Day for Athletics is that our population is just a huge number of competitive people. Um, So there's really no way for us not to be successful because you put a bunch of competitive people in a room or on a website and they're gonna ensure that their, their team, their unit, their department is going to be successful. Um, I think that's pretty obvious from years past when athletics has won the, the most gifts hours challenge. I might go on record and say every single challenge hour they've put in front of us, we have won.
0: That was a big SID move right there. Just, <laughs> just say that we have the record. Nobody's gonna check to yeah. see that you're wrong. Yeah, we're, we're the fact confident. checkers. We're not gonna look at this. Yes. <laughs>
1: this is the
0: most points scored here in program history. Prove me wrong.
3: Precisely. I assumed you guys made that up. It's nice to now <laughs> know that you do. That's good. <laughs>
4: Uh, Yeah, so I'm going on record and saying that Athletics has won every single most gifts challenge hour that has ever been offered on Giving Day at Columbia University in the city of New York. Thank you. Um, So this year, year, um, there are three opportunities for our population to win challenge hours. That's from, these are all Eastern Standard Time, so for those of you that are listening on the West Coast or other time zones, um, giving day runs on the east coast uh, time frame um 10 a.m goes to- bias
3: raising its ugly head once again
4: <laughs> yeah yeah sorry about that west coast best coast situation we're still going east coast <laughs> uh so 10 a.m to 11 a.m 3 p.m to 4 p.m and 8 p.m to 9 p.m those are the three hours that um if n- during no other time of the day uh, you come to the website those would be the three times we would ask our donors to support Um, As you guys all know, Giving Day, while yes, the idea is we're raising a lot of money for the university. Um, Last year, the university raised $22 $22 million. Um, The idea is getting people involved and participating. So participatory gifts are just as important as those big dollars, um, gifts with a lot of commas. Um, So we encourage our donors to come to the page multiple times throughout the day. One, to check the leaderboards and see how their teams are doing. Um, one, to see how the college is is faring against athletics. We are always competing against all the other schools and units for a share of university central funding. So we've come second place to the college for the last eight years. Um, this is the ninth giving day. Maybe one day we could crush them, but um, for now. I don't,
0: know. I don't know if they're gonna know a lot. I don't know if they're gonna know yeah. a lot.
4: It, it kind of feels feel like that, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 It might we be right. Like, yeah. <laughs> they like they're kind of tricks up their sleeves, um, but like most years, and I think we're kind of leaning in a little bit more this year. A lot of social media um, challenge hours. So, um, if you follow along on Go Columbia Lions on Instagram or the athletics development specific one, Columbia Lions alumni, and you'll be able to find a lot of social media challenges. They do a lot of like, post a cute picture of your dog.
1: I get the idea too. It's just a vision in my head. We see you guys on Giving Day and everything. It's almost like NFL draft style. Like you're probably behind the scenes, you know, trying to hey, can you give us five hundred here? Like mm-hmm. you know, a little like making deals, uh, you know, on a on a wheeling draft. and
0: dealing
3: in the yeah, final like, sentence. Like talk
1: us, talk. <laughs> yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. You know, it's a little behind the scenes for people who don't quite understand that either.
3: I'll give I'll give a bit of perspective, and Maggie can can jump in. I, you're right, Mike. That absolutely happens. It's definitely a, there's definitely a war room situation, and <laughs> um, we're all working the phones trying to figure out what to do. What I find to be the most interesting part is that there are alums who call us to engage in that practice with us. Hey, what do you need? What do we I want to do? This I want to accomplish oh, this. That's incredible. How do we How do we do a thing? We had a university trustee calls like three o'clock last year and say, Hey, I want to, I want to close big for my sport. So I want to put a matchup or how do you, what kind of match would it require to accomplish X, Y, or Z. So, you know, it's not just us, this is collaborative. And we have alums who many alums, this is not like two or three people. This is a lot of people who reach out to us throughout the day and say, Hey, how's it going? Are we beating so-and-so? Are we doing this? How can I help Would an extra gift here? Make a difference. All these sort of have you thought about doing this? All these sort of questions. It's it really does strip ninety nine percent of the um, sort of animosity of the world away for a day and it allows us all just to sort of like work together and do this cool thing. It's really fun. And coaches, coaches, and, and we cannot not say this enough times. The coaches, our head coaches and assistant coaches, drive Giving Day. We we call the plays, right? We're the quarterback. They are the offensive line and the receivers. They are grinding all day long. They are texting and calling and emailing and cajoling and begging sometimes, although they wouldn't want me to say that publicly, um, But it's, uh, they are the ones doing so much work. They deserve 99% of the credit. Um, they work all year long to connect with parents and alums, um, and this is the payoff for that. And the ones who really engage with it love it. And really see it for all its virtues. And they work so darn hard at it. Um, and I, I think it's important that we we, we make that – sure make sure we know Make sure he knows how hard the coaches work at this. This is a development function. And we are certainly setting the parameters. But the coaches are the ones doing the, the 90% of the work on it. I change that percentage every time I say that sentence. So <laughs> –
0: We've spent close to an hour talking about, obviously the importance of giving and giving day and our alumni and our donors and everybody that kind of makes Columbia work, Eric and Maggie. So Eric, I wanna ask you, before I let you go, what's your, I want you to kind of give me the closing argument here, the pitch, if you will. Your one uh, pitch to the Columbia community about Giving Day this year and the One Roar Fund and just, you know, put it all in a nutshell for us and uh, the importance of it.
3: My final pitch for the One Roar Fund is that in this year of instability and unease, this is a thing that we all still care about. We still care about Columbia Athletics. We care about our athletes and our coaches. Um, and I could say we as part of the, you know, alumni, parent, friend community around Columbia Athletics. Um, and I know because people have told me that this is a thing that matters to everybody. It will continue to matter somebody to everybody. And I know that we can uh, come together this year, raise this money, support our coaches, our staff, our student athletes, and, and get through this really hard time. So that we can continue to keep pushing forward and winning more games in future years. Very well said. He's convinced me.
1: (laughs) I'll my
0: donation this year. $500 donation. Put it in right now. Wow. Count it. It's
3: like, don't tell Kyle's wife. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Eric and Maggie, thanks so much for taking some time. Reminder Columbia Giving Day, Wednesday, October 28th. Visit Giving Day dot, columbia dot edu. make your gifts on wednesday starting at 12 a.m till 11:59 p.m on wednesday thank you for all your support next week we'll be back with a field hockey takeover episode until then you can catch our up on all of our previous episodes on spotify soundcloud apple podcast stitcher wherever you get your podcasts you know it follow columbia athletics subscribe today we need the followers please so until next Sounded time desperate yeah I mean, we're on the verge of being canceled, canceled, so.
0: No, we're not. Don't scare our listeners.
1: Scare tactics work sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you need to do, just listen to us. Tell your friends. And we'll be back next week. For Kyle Matrician, I'm Mike Kowalski. This is The Roarcast. We'll talk to you next week.